0: Habits and Health, episode 50.
1: Welcome to the Habits and Health podcast, where we believe creating healthy habits should be easy. Brought to you by an educator and coach, for anyone who wants to create a healthier life. Here's your host, Tony Wynyard.
0: Welcome to another edition of Habits and Health. My guest today, Silke Maria Haas. She's an energetic coach and healer who has over 25 years of experience helping people with physical, emotional, mental and spiritual problems and she went to india at the age of 18 where she discovered yoga as a way of life and so we find out a lot more about what happened and how she's worked on that since and what she does now so that's this week's episode with silk maria has if you know anyone who would enjoy this week's episode please do share it with them Habits and Health. My guest today, let me see if I can pronounce this right, is Zilka Maria Haas. Did I get it right? Fantastic. How are you, Zilka?
1: I'm very well. Thank you. And thank you for having me on the show.
0: It's a pleasure. And you're in a, a much warmer part of the world than I am at the moment.
1: <laughs> That's true. I'm in Mallorca, Spain, and it's beautifully sunny for a change because we've had weeks of rain.
0: Yeah, yeah, but when it rains there, it's still quite nice though, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> it's not like when it rains in England. I mean, you know what it's like when it rains in England.
1: That's right. I lived in England for eight years, so I would know.
0: Cool. And and you've been in Spain quite a while, you said.
1: Yeah, for over 20 years I've lived in Spain, in Mallorca. And
0: what was it that took you out to Spain?
1: Um, it was when my daughter was born and I was living in London and I thought bringing up a child in a big city wasn't... The right thing to do so moving out of london was you know a fresh start mm-hmm. and i had a distant family member that lived there that invited us over
0: okay and you're originally from germany
1: that's right yes
0: so you're quite a world traveler yes <laughs> <laughs> so how, how many languages do you speak
1: i'm fluent in german english and spanish mm-hmm. and i'm um, yeah there's other oh. languages, but I don't speak them fluently.
0: Cool. Okay. Well let's, let's let's talk about your I mean, you're very much into health, aren't you? And that was is because you you mentioned that you you studied in England.
1: That's right. Yeah. I studied to become an osteopath and a naturopath in nineteen
0: ninety. Okay. And what was the influence, what made you want to do that?
1: I actually originally trained as a yoga teacher at the early age of eighteen when I went to India. Okay. And then coming back from India, I realized that a lot of my students had medical problems that I didn't know enough.
0: Hmm. So
1: I was looking for a, something medical to back up my yoga teaching. And then I stuck with, with the clinic and the practice and the one-to-one work.
0: And why did you go to... I mean, it, it, are there many places around the world offering that sort of training? Why did you go to London?
1: Ah, well, there was a, there was a side interest, a side hassle. I wanted to study dance and there was a particular course I was interested in London, um, but also I was I was too young to do the German degree in naturopathy called the health Practica then, so mm-hmm. that was the obvious choice.
0: And for anyone who doesn't really understand what is nat- um, osteopathy and naturopathy, what could could you give a definition? How, what is it to, to the average person?
1: Oh, I love that question. Um, It's really looking at the body as as a whole, looking at the body as a self-healing mechanism. And osteopathy is very much to do with looking at the relationship between structure and function. So by adjusting or manipulating or helping the skeleton to be in a better place, that could improve the function of the organs, the movement and the well-being of the person on all levels.
0: And I'm wondering, so when you, after, when you were deciding to do that course after you'd been doing the yoga in India, mm-hmm. would I be right in thinking what, how you thought that would help you before you studied it? You had very different thoughts after you completed that course and um, you know, what you learned during that time.
1: Absolutely. I had no idea what I was letting myself into. <laughs> but it's like that with many things in life
0: yeah so what so what did change i mean what what were you after you qualified what were your thoughts what did you think you were going to do or
1: well at that time it was obvious i was just gonna get my hands dirty and just work with clients, get as much experience as i could Mm. and what i didn't know it would then lead me on to more helping people to heal and empower themselves which is what i'm doing now as a coach as well as sort of repairing and doing the one-to-one work. Hmm. But I very much love reaching more people and giving people the means to help themselves.
0: And is there a certain type of person you work with, like an age group or any sort of particular demographic?
1: Well, in in my practice, I have literally from newborn till 95-year-olds.
0: Okay. (laughs)
1: Um, In my coaching, I like to focus on parents because having children gives a big why and since children are sort of my teachers in terms of being lightness joy and being beings of presence
0: Hmm. you know
1: parents are obviously in a much better place to understand what i'm talking about but really it's about anybody who's conscious and sensitive and really wants to empower themselves
0: and uh, when people initially come to you, what is is there um, a common theme that they have that they come to see you in the first place? Why, why do people seek you out usually?
1: Uh, usually they have some sort of problem. They have a pain on the physical level or an emotional on a relationship problem or they're struggling with some issues in their life. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's quite often as in life pain driven. Right. And very few are joy-driven. They just want to, to learn and to grow and to be more aware. I right. love those two.
0: <laughs> and so how, once you start working with them, I'm guessing that they they initially come to you just because they've got some pain and they probably learn far more than just simply dealing with that pain, I'm guessing.
1: That's right. They, they start to understand that the pain is somehow their manifestation of their problems in their lives.
0: Hmm.
1: And... It's, that's really the, the trick to make them understand that until that problem is solved, whatever I'm doing is just a remedial thing. Mm. And they're much better off getting out of that victim place and, and getting into their power.
0: And, and so when you say you work with parents and, and the children at the same time, did you say?
1: That's right. I mean, a lot of people bring their babies to me after birth because that's one of the common issues that I treat. Uh, that baby is not sleeping or not feeding well, not growing well, and it has some sort of blockage. And that's Mm. quite easy to solve with gentle osteopathic treatment. Okay. But then you have the whole stress of the parents and uh, not knowing how to deal with different situations in their lives. It shows up issues in the relationships. Yeah.
0: And what, uh, what aspect of your work do you enjoy the most?
1: The thing I enjoy most is when I when somebody comes back to me and uh, they've really applied some of the tools that I've shared with them and it's worked for them and I can see them flourishing in in various areas of their life being happier healthier and more abundant that's really that's the biggest gift anybody can have I think right
0: and is it something you can do both online and face-to-face or does it have to be face-to-face
1: no, no, it can actually be done online because energy doesn't need a person to be there physically. That is if I work energetically right, or with coaching. When I work with a physical issue, I prefer people in front of me.
0: So what would you say is the, um, of your clients, what percentage would be face-to-face and online? <sighs>
1: And It's changing. It used to be like 90% face-to-face and 10% online and and I'm just working on the transition. So it it varies from week to week.
0: Right. And I guess with the whole sort of pandemic thing over the last couple of years, it has been far more online than than face-to-face.
1: Yes. Although we've been very lucky here in Spain that we've been allowed to work and had less restrictions than anywhere else. But that's also part of part of the problem that people when when they are confined to their homes they need the remedies to to work with themselves
0: hmm. and so what is it that the the issues that people are having around pain and so on when they come to you in the first place is there a common denominator in what's causing the pain in the first place often
1: um yes <laughs> on the physical level i would say uh civilization
0: <laughs> <Right>.
1: <laughs> chairs sitting far too much and moving far too little and not having the proper balance between rest and movement that is a very common cause for skeletal problems at least as well as stress of course
0: right and how easy or difficult is that to remedy
1: it's actually very easy to remedy all they have to do is take sitting breaks get up every half an hour and do two minutes of exercise
0: and do they need to sort of be changing their furniture or or anything along those lines?
1: Well, ideally, throw out the furniture and sit on the floor. <laughs> of course, there is better and worse chairs, and there is these, you know, cheap versions of of just a, a ball that you can sit on at the height uh, of your sitting bones, sort of at mm. 60, or, sixty or seventy centimeters.
0: Mm-hmm. They can
1: usually be bought for for ten, fifteen euros. And that gives you a moving balance. Right. And and it's just a nice change for your back.
0: Right. And do people think of some of these things as being extreme because they're so used to what is normal for them for their whole lives? Do do some of your clients' fitness is a bit extreme, maybe?
1: Um, Possible. They don't say that a lot. (laughs) I mean, I make them look into other countries and like where well, people sit a lot more on the floor and they work really hard physically. And yet there's a lot less back pain and joint problems just because people sit on the floor and they bear down to go to the toilet in a squat and, and they do simple things. Even the Muslim prayer position is a, is a great back exercise, hmm. as, as most people know from yoga.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so are you still instructing yoga as well?
1: Um, no, but I use some exercises from yoga to instruct clients on a one-to-one.
0: Right. And in your, in the coaching that you're doing, you, do, you do, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking, well, I'm, so the people you've worked with previously and you've helped them with issues around pain and, and it sounds like often it's around their back and whatever. So and you've given them information about how to... To, not only to resolve it, but I'm presuming—do many of them need to come back to you? Or once you've sort of given them information, they're able then to to carry that on for for many years, and they don't—it doesn't come back again, or, or what is the we, case?
1: It depends on the chronicity of the problem, on the type right. of problem. A lot of people can just do with with maintenance. Uh, the pain can usually be resolved if they resolve the the cause of the pain. Right. And then they can maintain themselves with exercises. Uh, but it's like I say it's a bit like going to the dentist, although I don't like the comparison. It's like right. I can brush my teeth every day, but I would go for a dental cleanse every six months and a right. checkup just for the bits that I can't get to.
0: Right. So what what would you say you're in what you do? What is your what is your main message that you're, you're trying to put out?
1: If I put it into one sentence, I would say uh, you can heal and empower your life, that you can actually be in charge of your life. You're the creator. And in the same way that you can create a problem, you can uncreate it and have a better life.
0: Right.
1: And problem can be like a stepping stone towards a better life. Like quite often uh, a problematic situation then makes us turn around and change something and looking at it from the hindsight perspective, it, it often turns out to be for our better good.
0: Right. And is it something that people think is going to be very difficult and is actually far easier?
1: Yes. A lot of people have this idea of personal growth work as being hard work. That's part right. of the conditioning. And then when they actually realize that they can learn from joy, like children do, Right. and by being lightness and being more... Just being more rather than doing more its right. it's very much about coming more into presence, coming more into your being, and then the doing comes out of that being, and it's not right. hard work anymore It's hard to change habits, you know that
0: <laughs> right and, and I'm wondering you you were talking before why well, I don't think you actually said these words, but a lot of this comes down to I guess it's sedentary behavior yes. Is there, because you're, it sounds like you're dealing with many nationalities, obviously Spanish, you've been living in England and you're from Germany. Is there, maybe this is controversial, but is there a nationality you find far more sedentary than others? (laughs)
1: Um, I haven't actually thought about this. Um, No, it, it very much depends on the constitutional type. Right. And obviously the type of work somebody does. Right it's uh, I haven't found a cultural pattern
0: and um, which profession is there a profession that you've had to deal with far more than any other
1: I would say I get a lot more desk workers than I get physical laborers
0: right understand but that
1: could saying. also depend on the level of education right um, so I wouldn't I wouldn't dare to say that's to do with it. But I, I do think not moving is more harmful than moving.
0: And there's a lot of talk about a few years ago, many people thought the solution was, oh, we're, too, we're sitting too much. Ah, oh, therefore, the solution is a standing desk, which is not really the solution, is it?
1: Well, it is for some people. Um, other people, like me, I, I can't stand for any length of time, so I prefer to sit. Yeah, Uh, it's about creating a balance. And it's when when people working on the computer, uh, really, what happens that their consciousness is sort of in the computer, (laughs) and we forget about the body. Hmm. We kind of all in the head and the mind, and then we listen to the body when it, it shouts at us in pain. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And then we take a painkiller and shut it up again. And then we're surprised and we create more and more physical problems because at, at the end of the day, the body has a certain tolerance. But there comes a point when the compensation mechanisms don't work anymore.
0: Mm. So how do you try to, because changing people's behavior is very difficult for not only if you're trying to change someone else's behavior, but even when you're trying to change your own behavior, it's very difficult. What, how, how do you go about it?
1: That's a great question. It it can be difficult. You have to have a good reason why to change. And when the reason is good enough, you will do it. Right. And once you've changed the habit, like brushing your teeth, it was hard for our parents to teach us brush our teeth. But once you've gotten used to having a clean mouth, nobody needs to go after you for you to do it. Because it it becomes natural. It becomes a habit. Right. So once you've installed a good habit it actually doesn't take much to keep it up because you get the benefit from it. Hmm. We hope you're enjoying this episode of the Habits and Health podcast, where we believe creating healthy habits should be easy. If you're looking for the fastest and most effective way to transform your energy and well-being, we invite you to join Tony for an upcoming Habits and Health workshop. This five-week group workshop will empower you with tools to disrupt unwanted habits and make positive changes easy. You'll enjoy sounder sleep, better energy, less stress and a happier mood. Workshops begin on the first week of every month and you can sign up now at tonywinyard.com. Now, back to the show.
0: sometimes people there are behaviors that we want to do and we know they're going to be good for us but even though we have that knowledge we still can't can't get ourselves to do that you know i mean there's loads of people want to meditate and they realize the benefits of meditation Mm
1: -hmm.
0: but they just for whatever excuse they come up with they don't meditate
1: that's right yes and uh, in german we have a saying you can't uh, carry a dog to hunt So it's like, you know, you have to really want to do it. And then you have to sit down and literally work through it. Because when you start sitting down and then you're faced with all these little voices in your head, and sometimes it's not nice what comes up. Mm. Uh, But knowing that if you do it and then you create that habit and you get the benefit, you know, there is no way you would turn back on it.
0: mm. What, what habits have have helped you the most? Is there, is there any habit you've really had to work hard on?
1: Um, what does he- there's two, two parts to that question. The habit that's helped me the most is definitely meditation. Okay, It's coming into awareness, into being. Because uh, in a way, it, by being who I, who I really am, Yeah, I sort of go beyond all that conditioning and programming that limits me. Okay. And so working from my essence is the thing that helps me most in living my life, a happier life.
0: Okay. Uh,
1: I think I've struggled most in in just doing regular exercise because somehow, you know, getting out of bed in the morning and getting going is not a natural thing. It wasn't conditioned. It wasn't natural to me. So I've had to work hard on it. Right. But every time I do it, it's like a, a success. So doing right. it six times a week, it's kind of, I win every day and it makes me stronger. And I feel great afterwards.
0: Right. And You talked about the meditation. Is there a particular type of meditation that you prefer?
1: Um, I think it's, it's mostly being present. Right. Yeah, it's being present with the breath, being present with whatever there is and being, not judging, just being in that space. And not trying to do anything.
0: <laughs> right.
1: It's stopping the trying.
0: So it is not, you, so you're you not in like sort of, sort of transcendental meditation or loving kindness or any, it is none of those particular styles that you follow, for example.
1: No, I don't follow a particular school, but I've done lots of, lots of these techniques. And sometimes I would do some breathing or some particular visualization to start with. I definitely do start with gratitude. Right. that's a that's a big thing to get into that vibration of gratitude right and then it's it's literally coming into being it's there's a place when these techniques stop being techniques they just <laughs> they sort of go
0: and, it, and is it, do you ever suggest meditation for your clients
1: yes absolutely i actually make it sort of I don't take on coaching clients unless they're willing to commit 15 minutes a day to do some practice. Okay. Because I found it's, it's a waste of money going to classes and learning things if you don't apply them.
0: And when you say practice, practice in, in meditation or in, in all the things that you instruct?
1: In all the things. Right. It's, and to, it's like you want an investment, so you have to put something into your bank account in order to get an interest.
0: So typically what would in those, did you say 15 minutes every day?
1: 15, one, 15 five. Minutes, right. Yeah.
0: And so typically what would those 15 minutes be made up of? What would people be, what would you hope people would do every day?
1: Well, hopefully they would, they would spend some time sitting. They would uh, write down what they're grateful for. They would write down their successes mm-hmm. and they would, visualize their goals and objectives that could be a very simple routine
0: and is there any people you've worked with who when you first suggested that they didn't think they would be able to they've never done anything like that before they were i'm not sure i can do that was there any sort of reactions like like that
1: i presume there are i sort of (laughs) I tend to make deals with people. I say, "Well, look, you're, you're paying me to do coaching with you, so mm-hmm. when you pay for it, usually like you know, having a gym membership, you're more mm-hmm. likely to go if you commit to it.
0: Right. And
1: then, of course, there will be people who who, who pay the membership and then they don't go, and and that's fine too.
0: <laughs> we, for people who are listening to this and maybe they have got, they've got pains or, or whatever it may be. They're, they are too sedentary. What, what suggestions, what advice would you give them?
1: Well, first of all, be aware of, of what they do and they listen to their body. It's if we were to talk to our bodies and really feel our bodies in the same way that we would do it in a relationship, I very much compare the body to, to a marriage. I say, if you were to listen to your wife or your husband only when they shout at you, You know, you wouldn't call that a good marriage. And the art of having a good relationship is to tune in, to listen, to ask questions and be really interested in the other person. and, Mm -hmm. And in that case, in the body. And knowing that you don't have to always understand, but it's all about being present and listening. And as you work on the relationship and feeling your body more, then you learn to understand and your body actually gives you the indications to do, what to do. To drink more water, to move more, to take more rest. Whatever it is, it could be so many things. Touch, for example, is also something that a lot of people are missing, just to be held.
0: Right. And and is there an element of some people maybe thinking that they're they're healthy or they're fit because they do a uh, Maybe they do a lot of sport, but it's just one sport that they do all the time. Maybe they only play tennis or they only play golf or they only play football. Mm -hmm. And they're not having a mixture of different types of movement. And can that be problematic?
1: That can be, although in my experience, I find that people do themselves less harm doing what they love doing and what they enjoy doing than, uh, than doing what they don't enjoy doing. But quite often when people say sit all day and then they go off and they try to do something really hard and then they obviously do themselves harm because that's when they start, you know, then when all the damage from having sat all day comes up. And then also it's to do with the attitude when people sort of are into competitive mood and into having to achieve things and they take that into their exercise Then again, the mind goes three steps ahead of the body, and then it's not a good teamwork.
0: Hmm. So, what would so once people are start tuning into their body and listening to their body, as you explained before, then what I'm thinking, what would be a good recommendation for them to do to be taking things like yoga tai chi sort of sort of movement practices to especially Mm. if they if they're getting older maybe would would that be advisable
1: yes i mean you can't generalize because bodies are so different Mm. um i usually have the criteria that it should be something that the person enjoys not another must in their life right yeah and should be something where the mind and the body work together Okay. It could be yoga, it could be martial arts. For some people it's running. Right. Yeah, you know, some or boxing when when they have a lot of bottled up aggression. It could be dancing. It it there's so many things. If if you ask your body, <laughs> it'll tell you.
0: And actually dancing is a great one for for many people I would imagine because that's that, that's can be so much fun.
1: Yes, it's one of my favorite ones, so. it doesn't feel like sports because it's you know you're moving and you're having fun you're socializing there's so many things that this fulfills
0: Hmm. and have you in the, the last couple of years since the the lockdown pandemic situation have has there have you found there's been more people suffering from sedentary behavior because of being at home more or is it not not too much different
1: I couldn't say because i'm I'm busy always, so right it's like I think what what's more that people are starting to have more economic challenges so they're more saving on coming to see somebody, okay, but that's exactly why I give out more material for free. I actually have have a YouTube channel with exercises for sedentary people, okay um, so that's something that I make available
0: right. So in how would you like to see your, your business, your practice develop over the next few years? Are you going to be adding any new things or trying different things?
1: My practice is totally <laughs> changing all the time. I'm, I'm forever learning. I'm a total junkie when it comes to learning and development. So my, my aim is to reach more people and also to reach people more with my words and just with my hands Right. So yes, my plan is to be a lot more online, to be more present. I am writing a book at the present, mm-hmm. and okay. I've published four online products in the last six months.
0: And what Just type of things? What type of things were there?
1: Well, there is. I have a twelve-step course where people can actually, you know, go through the steps of what I call energetic coaching to heal and empower themselves. Yeah. And I accompany that with live group coaching calls monthly. And a, and, a, and a membership site for people to, to exchange with me personally and the others in the group because it's more fun when you do it together.
0: Right.
1: But, of course, people can do one-to-one coachings and they can do half online, half live with me. And just recently I published a course to release blockages in the subconscious. That's a particularly piece of work I call karmic knots, Okay. And that's a one-off, very, very powerful work, which usually gets rid of 80% of the problems within 10 minutes. So it's, it's really amazing work.
0: And, and in the book that you mentioned that you're writing, yes. what, who, what will the book be about?
1: The book will be about how to be crazy, happy, healthy, and abundant. Okay. Because <laughs> my coaching method is called Crazy Healing. This was a name I got channeled long before the crazy times that we started and uh, it's about using the crazy situation that is the problem as a stepping stone towards reclaiming one's wholeness
0: and when do you hope to have the book finished by
1: uh should be out next year
0: okay well and what when about next year
1: um i'm just finishing writing it so whatever long the publishing takes right uh, that's out of my hand
0: and speaking of books, is there a book that has really moved you at all?
1: Yes. Yes, I have it with me. Um it's called The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. And it's all about you know scaling up and becoming the best version of yourself. Not what, stop playing small basically.
0: What was it about the book that really moved you?
1: It was realizing that I had been playing small for so many years okay. and realized that there was so much more to me than I believed myself to be able okay. to do.
0: If if people want to find out more about the, the courses that you mentioned and your social media and your website and so on, where, where is the best places to go?
1: The easiest way is to, to subscribe to my newsletter on my website, crazyhealing.eu. hmm and uh, and there are also the courses that I've been published, they're also on the website
0: And is there on your the YouTube channel you mentioned?
1: Yes, the YouTube channel is just my name Silke Maria Haas
0: Okay, and I'll put links to all of these in, in the show notes for anyone listening.
1: That would be great
0: <laughs> And just before we finish, is there, um, is there a quotation that you particularly like?
1: Yes, I, I very much love the quote of a theologist called Reinhold Niebuhr and it's it's, it's a little prayer really saying uh, grant me the courage to change the things I can change grant me the equanimity to accept the things I cannot change mm-hmm. and grant me the wisdom to differentiate between one and the other
0: and, and what is it about that that sticks with you so much
1: well it's it's really describes the essence of my coaching because energetic coaching is about developing the skill to differentiate one thing from the other and to cultivate that acceptance and at the same time cultivate the courage
0: right.
1: to do the changes
0: well Zilka, thank you very much for your time it's been a been a real pleasure and um, best of luck for the future
1: Likewise, it was great talking to you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Next week, episode 51 with Filippo Di Leonardo. And he's a third time entrepreneur with a passion and mission to create products and services that can improve people's lives. And he's done a lot of work around behavior change. And he it inspired him to launch an app called Essentia, which is a work-life experience platform that combines AI and the science of well-being to help professionals feel more balanced, energized, and inspired in their day. So we talk a lot about how this platform works and what was the inspiration behind it and, and how it will actually help people. So that's next week with Filippo Di Leonardo. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Please do share the episode of anyone you know who you feel would get some real value from this and I hope you have a great week. Thanks for tuning in to the Habits and Health Podcast where we believe creating healthy habits should be easy. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcast app. Sign up for email updates and learn about coaching and workshop opportunities at tonywinyard.com.
1: See you next time on the Habits and Health Podcast.